Hello, this is Bill Chambers, and welcome to the Faster Podcast. My objective is to interview the most interesting people in the rowing world, and in the next 45 minutes, get insights and even discover how it is that they do what they do, what makes them unique and fascinating, their success mindset, and certainly what they do to go fast. We always try to think in terms of, can I do more instead of, can I just pass tests doing less? What is interesting is how can you do better than this with more? I mean, do more and, and, and you'll achieve more. Because I think it would be too far away to say, oh, you were selected and that's, your, that's you uh, for the games. And then you lose, you know, the, the competition in between the people and stuff like that. So that's going to all restart uh, next winter. I'm interested in more is more. So I would suggest to somebody that wants to get really good to say, okay, that's the training program I get. You know, can I do 2K per day more? Can I 5K or 10K? Edward, tell me what's been happening since we last met, mate? You've, uh, since lockdown, what, how's the team adapted? Were there any changes in selection, training program, etc.? What's been happening? So obviously, uh, I try to focus during this corona period to give a clear focus to each athlete to get better, uh, mostly on the physio- physiology side, you know, on their own physiology. And I did the planning uh, so that we really give, give it a good go on the ergometer. First, uh, using the RP3s uh, to have a bit of a, a challenge, you know, with, through the tablet and through the the um, um, online racing uh, style thing so that you can keep people occupied and, and um, you know, the athletes also want to know ah, how am I developing and stuff like that and then push the focus on the ergometer and on the 7th of uh, August I had uh, everybody on the elite team do a 2k erg test to really try uh, to set a new PB as a kind of a marker okay, it would have been Olympics I would have been ready, and here, here is the proof I show you. Here is my PB. So it really worked out well. Most of them did have, had very good scores. I'm not going to give you the scores here because that keeps uh, secrets. But, uh, <laughs> but, but they, they did. But they did achieve it, and they had very good PBs. And uh, that kind of finished this Corona time. And since then, we've restarted training. So they had a, a break, and then we restarted training, and now we're preparing European Championship. So obviously, you asked. Uh, for the selection and stuff for me, um, we had our, our trials, so our internal selections in, in March, just before lockdown. Uh, so this keeps uh, all the people in the boats they were selected in for Europeans. And then obviously it reopens next winter. Uh, everybody's going to earn his seat again, because I think it would be too far away to say, oh, you were selected and that's, your, that's you uh, for the games. And then you lose, you know, the the competition in between the people and stuff like that. So that's going to all restart uh, next winter, obviously. Mm-hmm. Other than that, not, not many changes. We're still in Zarnan. We're still uh, roll and train hard and, and that's it. So, mate, what have, what's been a key learning for you? You know, six months since we last spoke, uh, we've gone through, the whole world has gone through the lockdown. You mentioned the ergo training, etc. But what's been your key learning or appreciation from these last six months yeah it's just uh, basically you know you, it's important to have a plan and also it's important not to worry or not to just panic if the plan 
you know, goes to pieces. And uh, from each plan, you, you need to have clear target. And whatever the situation, whatever the, the situation that's uh, thrown at you or something, you just need to keep the focus on this target and not just, uh, you know, start spinning around and worry about things. Just keep clear, keep on your, keep in the line you decided and just try to, to, to follow that. Otherwise, things are so uncertain at the moment that it would be easy to just get lost and just, you know, try too many different things or go crazy. So I just try to keep... Obviously, the plans have changed because everything is, is, is now different. Uh, but the key points, the key targets, and the, and the key things really keep the same. And that's, I think, giving confidence to me, but also giving confidence to the team that we know why we're here, what we're doing, and what's the main goal, what, what, what's the goal. Just to mention on the RP3, I know that you test, you do the 2K test on the static erg, right? On the concept. Yes. yes. So why the RP3 for training? Uh, just to also to offer something different, you know, because uh, the ERG is just always the same. I mean, they, they wrote on the ERG. And the RP3 is, for me, also a bit more of a, of a technical side into it because you can see some, some uh, big ERG pullers who don't quite match, uh, you know, the same scores on the RP3 because they have uh, maybe problems with the connection. So things is more rowing-like and it's a bit harder to get your score down. As on the ERG, it's just static, and if you go hard, you get a good score. So it's pretty simple. On the RP3, it's a bit more complicated. And I really also tried to use that because we couldn't go on the water for a, a, a long time. And I really tried to say, okay, now let's work on your, on your curves, on your, on your power curve. Let's try to work on that. So let's try to hit uh, highest Newton meters, or let's try to hit higher joules, or let's try to hit you know, some of these kinds so to keep also the athletes and the, the uh, you know, occupied and focused on the technical, on the technical stuff as well, and just not ripping the chain. So that was yeah. why I used the RP3 in this period. And I think it was really useful because we had no, no water time. So it was, uh, that was really useful. Yes. So now we're back on the water. We've got the Swiss champs in, a, in about 10 days or a week and a bit, but yeah. I know, from a national perspective, what are some of the regattas that you'll be really paying close attention to over the next 12 months? You've got the Europeans you mentioned. Yes, obviously. So um, for me, you know, the Swiss championship is something for the club. So it's not uh, mm -hmm. invol involving the national team. But for me, there's now European. And then we restart uh, a normal year. And for me, it was important to really assess also what we've done so far. So up until... March, let's say we started last year in, in um, you know, early October and we've, we've carried on the season up to March. And for me, this time gave me kind of the opportunity to assess, okay, what's been really good? What would I do differently? Now I've got a second chance to prepare the same people or the same athletes for the games. What can I fine tune or what can I tweak? So it's not going to be a revolution, but there's a few things that I've identified and now I've got the second chance. I would certainly use that as a second chance and, and, and try to do it even better. Uh, and on the regattas, I always focus on, on the World Cups because that's where the standard is. And yeah. uh, so World Cups, qualifiers, and then uh, leading to the Olympic Games. No, no more than that. I think those World Cups uh, in an Olympic year, the qualifiers are sometimes some of the most exciting racing that we, we see in the, in the four-year cycle, right? Because yes. a lot of people are trying to re-qualify. And I yes. guess they get a second, second chance, some of them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
So look, we, we talked a little bit about technique and, and RP, the, you know, the dynamic ergs role yep. in that. So I, you and I have had some conversations offline about yep. Gennady Tereschi, a fa famous swimming coach, uh, Michael Klim. He also did yep. Alexander Popov, et cetera. And his principles around rhythm, relaxation, and range of motion. Is he someone that has had an influence in some of your outlooks or, or thesis on, on how to move the boat fast? And could you tell us, share a little bit with us about your thinking there? Yes, I, I didn't, you know, I was lucky that he was in, in the end in, in Switzerland uh, coaching his daughter. And I think mm. he's never, he was never recognized in Switzerland for the quality because for me, he's a genius. He, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a one of maybe, you know, there's five or six people like, like this on, on, on the earth or that have been. But he's really a genius looking at nature, how things move. Obviously, he did um, uh, biomechanical and, and also sports studies and, and, and really pushing it, you know, interesting, everything learning from other people. And I, and I was really glad I could, you know, meet him once and have a bit of a discussion and uh, it was very interesting. And, that's, and for me, he's set my, you know, this three R's principle in, in, in the right order, because you've mentioned them, but in the wrong order. So the right order, yeah. is, the right order is rhythm. Because first you need to have whatever the stroke rate, whatever the, the speed, whatever the, you know, the kids could be from 13 to Olympic champion. The first thing they need to do is move together. You know, it's, it's move with the boat, move together, and that's the rhythm. And once you get the rhythm, you try to get them to roll a proper range. And that's the second R. And, and with the range, sometimes you lose the rhythm. So first, always go back to the rhythm. Go back to moving together. Then uh, accept the length to develop more and more. And then, and then you might come to the end. And that's the, when you win Olympic gold, maybe, is when you can do rhythm and range together with relaxation. Then, then that's it. Then you're the master of your sport. And um, if you do it the other way around, so if you first try to hit range, you're obviously going to get very, some people are going to get tight and some people are going to get, you know, in a not natural, uh, um, not in a natural body uh, movement. And then obviously they lose the rhythm because to achieve that range, then it will step out of the rhythm. And that's why it's important to have them, the three R's in the right order, rhythm, range, relaxation. And, 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 and above that is... Uh, he, not teach me, but I've, I've got from him another thing, which is called uh, super slow. I mean, he's got the SSS, which is super slow swimming. I call it the SSR, super slow rowing. It's try to, we always, a lot of people only work, you know, and only think, ah, it's important to work above whatever, 30, 32, 36, up to 40. But I'd like to work also from 10, you know, when, because stroke rate 10, 12, 14, 16, that's quite a challenge. If you're in an eight and, and really rowing stroke rate 10 and absolutely on the edge, the boat is on the edge, on the, you know, like, and everybody's doing the same timing with the rhythm, then you're probably better. And then, you know, you're probably better than just someone that can go only 40. And then when you go to 40, because obviously, you know, with 40, you've got less time to fuck it up. With 10, <laughs> you've got a lot of time to be out of time or to be out of the rhythm. That's why I use a lot of this SS of his SSS or with me SSR now, super slow rowing idea and really train also the people from, from 20 below. And, and I try um, yeah, to, to have that at least once a week to have the, the people uh, exercising that. So I'm really, 
uh, and now you know he's passed away. So I re great respect uh, to his person and great respect to his coaching. And I'd like his ideas to be able to to you know to continue uh, in this uh, in this you know sports world. And and I think anything you know from any sport, you look at how you know athletics and all the other sports. How important is rhythm? How important is range? And how important is relaxation? You know, you can look at any sport from the hundred meter to the marathon to the javelin. To it's always the same. So keep these three R's in your mind, and when you coach a crew, step by step, uh, check if you can get something better from these R's, and then you, you'll end up having success. Yes, I agree, Edward, and I, I I'm reminded of watching Usain Bolt's uh, coach talk about his relaxation, and anyone watching Bolt over three Olympics would think that he was just going for a, a stroll yeah. as yeah. he was running under almost 9.4 or whatever it was seconds. Um, in watching what uh, Gennady was coaching, I heard the biomechanist talking about the, the maximum velocity or speed of a human of two meters like Alex Popov was through yeah. the water is about two yeah. meters per second. Yeah. And the failed concept of just trying to increase stroke rate to increase speed Yes. And Gennady was focusing on uh, reducing the decrease in speed between yes. propulsion. So yes. not in, if you put that in rowing sense, and I defer to your interpretation here, is, is the, the association with rowing is maintaining the speed between the strokes, enabling the, the cruising speed between the stroke propulsion to be as high as possible and connecting with that rhythm with the speed of the boat. So we're, keeping the boat flowing at maximum speed rather than a deceleration, acceleration, deceleration. That's correct. That's easier said than done. And uh, basically, exactly. you, you never see, it's, it's very rare that you see a rowing races where split times, you know, through the middle, second 500, third 500, where split times stay the same. And you can see sometimes very, very good boats who, who lose as, you know, as little as maybe just one second. And then, and then everybody said, ah, oh, and then when you get the rowers back from the race and they said, ah, oh, but at 500, they went, they didn't go. They just maintained the speed and you lost speed. And that's why you were ahead of you. You see what I mean? So everybody, yeah. when, when you, when you are yourself in a race, you have the, you have the idea that the other guys can main, those who can maintain the speed the best. And that at the end, they did, a, they did a push or they did a 10 or they did whatever, you know, you can name it or they did a, a monster bomb or something they didn't do that they were just able to maintain the speed better than you are and in the end they went through that and i'm absolutely convinced that generating more speed more speed in the end it's got a limit because you know we've got water it's not efficient rowing to be honest no. it, it's just it's just a bit of a waste just a bit of a waste we're, we're rowing through water with you know going it's, it's really not efficient and we're trying to fight forces that we're not going to win so just try to hope and keep the speed the same. And to do that, you know, a lot of people are talking about technique, but the physical factor, for me, the physical factor to be able to hold the technical level, because everybody always talk about technique, but technique, everybody can roll well for 10 strokes with no pressure. You know, you can go and even, even an, an old man like me can roll well for 10 strokes, but maybe the 11th strokes, I can't produce the same quality. And then I will just lose speed because I can't produce the quality. So everybody's going about technique, technique, technique. Of course, you need to row perfectly. But why some people who can row perfect rate 20 can't row perfect rate 38? It's because they're knackered. 
because they can, because because they can't and then then when you can't well you lose the rhythm you lose the range and you lose the relaxation so you can't maintain propulsion and you can't yeah. maintain the speed so that's why it's it's very very tricky and i think physical you know factor it's it's what enables you to really to to really keep the speed going and and maybe i i have a bit of another perspective on some other coaches here because some coaches think oh it's only technique 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 but physical uh, really allows you to be in better, better state in better mind shape in better position so obviously you have a lot of factors to be able to keep your speed going yeah i, I edward that's something we'll probably reserve for another conversation but it's none of these elements that we're co- having a chat about are mutually yes. exclusive meaning yes. that it's not one or the other it's both and if you've got great rhythm range relaxation you're super fit but then your mindset is poor yeah. and you're going no, not knowing that you're going to do well then it doesn't matter how good your technique or physiology are yeah. because then, your brain is just saying oh i can't manage this but that's that's um that's definitely going to be another conversation so leading up to tokyo uh so you've got the regattas that we're focusing on, but I'd just like to zoom in a little bit about you and the team. So how, how long in advance does the Swiss team uh, pack up the boats and, and ship everything off and get on a plane to go to Tokyo? Share a little bit about your logistics. Yes. So obviously we, we have uh, two sets of everything. So ships will be, uh, um, so the, the rowing boats will be packed up uh, probably after second World Cup or third World Cup, it's uh, the provider, boat provider is organizing the transfer. Uh, but it doesn't affect because we have the second same boat, uh, you know, at the same time to row for the last World Cup and the training in, in Europe. And then mm-hmm. we arrive, we're going to arrive early June, so two and a half weeks before to really adapt the main challenge there. And that's what, uh, you know, physiologists uh, say it's the main challenge is to adapt to heat because uh, obviously temperatures are. Uh, maybe 34, 35 degrees, but we uh, might find 80% of uh, humidity, which is a lot different than the Swiss uh, summer, where sometimes it's 30 degrees, but a lot less humidity, which you, you don't feel as much. So we're going to go two weeks in, in advance, not only to adapt to jet lag, this is clear, but mainly to adapt to, adapt to heat and to be able to perform uh, you know, in, a, in a heat environment. And, um, and that's what the physiologist said, uh, it's, it's, the, it's the best. So we trust them on that and we go for that. And then otherwise the size of the team, I, I mean, obviously all people that are qualified are gonna go. <laughs> that's for sure from the athletes. Uh, and then from the staff, I'd like, uh, I don't, I'm not a, a big team guy. I'd like to keep it small and efficient. Obviously each, each uh, project or each uh, crew coach will come with us. And then, um, you know, uh, obviously they need to be qualified from Swiss Olympic as well. So I'm not uh, entirely the only one to decide, but uh, normally that's how it's done. And then maybe the, the technical director and a physiotherapist. And that's, that's all we're going to take there. And, and, the do- and the team doctor, but the team doctor is also covering other sports. So not just only us. So we're going to keep it mainly athlete-based, um, coaches, Plus uh, a team director, no more than that. So I don't want, you know, I don't want something any di- anything different or people we never seen before or something like that. Right. So you're not taking nutritionists or cook or anything. So I mean, no. what do you do over no. there? You're just adapting to the local. Yeah, we just have. So we got two weeks a good training camp uh, organized. Uh, we're going to share the facility with the Germans, and everything's been set in advance by our team director. Uh, what we're going to eat, and they can provide 
I mean, same standard as, as or even better. I mean, they they, they seem to be, um, you know, very sharp on the quality and everything. So, and 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 it's 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 at heart for them to really host uh, the teams that are preparing uh, for the games. So I'm not worried. I think we're going to find everything. And if if there is something, you know, the the athletes nowadays they all take with them some supplements and some stuff with us. So uh, they're going to find everything they need. I'm not worried with that. Uh, so and, and the, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. And the team directors checked it as well. So is I'm 100% convinced it's working well, fine. So you're um, you're going two weeks in advance. When do you start to to bring the team down in a taper and start to freshen them up? Is it something you're willing to share, or you? Uh, it's not something I want to share, really. But uh, but they're gonna be they're gonna be ready for the start. The, you know, the Olympics is out, <laughs> no, no. But the, the Olympics is a weird regatta, and I think it's important to to perform from from the get go. Uh, it's it's a very small for those who's never never been there. It's a very small regatta. Uh, you know, nothing to do with the World Cup. You you think oh, there's barely any boats because there's so so little Olympic spots in the end. Uh, you know, there's just a few aids, just a few quads, just a few doubles and, and a few singles and that's it. And uh, racing is probably happening just an hour, an hour and a half a day. So you don't have this big, this big uh, thing rolling that the world championship that really winds you up and gets you ready. So you need to get that all yourself uh, because the racing just boom, boom, just start, finish, happens. That's your, that's your ranking. And, and two days later, you got the semi. And, yeah. and a day later, you got the final, and that's it. And it's packed away, and then, and then nobody cares for the next four years. So, it's, uh, so you've got to be ready. Uh, so so they, they'll, they'll be ready, but I'm not going to give you all the details, because that's part of the, you know, or I'd like to believe that's part of the, of the secret. But there's no secret. So anybody that, that is coaching at that level will know, uh, but I just keep it to myself. Yeah. No, understandably, but I thought I'd ask, which is also understandable. Yeah, but yeah. How how many, so how many boats exactly do you have qualified at the moment? And is three. there an opportunity to qualify more? Yes, we have three boats qualified. Uh, women's single skull, uh, men's double skull, and men's coxless four. And my target is to at least qualify another, maybe two. So I'd like the women, the light women double skull to qualify and the light uh, men double skull to qualify. Because, but the closest to the qualification slot are the light women in the, the double. I thought they would have it in Linz. Sadly, they didn't succeed. So now it's really the time to, to turn it up and to get that slot, yes. Fantastic. So other than the games, Edward, what else are you looking forward to see or do in Tokyo? Uh, maybe eat some Kobe beef. I think we're all, <laughs> we're all gonna go do that, some sushi and stuff like that. But you, you're gonna be careful because the whole Olympic thing is a circus, you know, and, and uh, I'm going there as if it was just down the road, you know, a World Cup or something that you really have to focus on and not to get carried away through the local stuff. And the, and the of course, the ambiance is nice and everything, you know, it's the games. And of course, you're, you're going to be smiling and you're happy to be there. But in the end, what people will remember is still the performance. And you're going to be really sure you deliver that performance on that day. And then, and then if you did that, then you can, you know, you can stay a month or you can stay a week or you can leave the same day. Uh, for me, it's going to be the same. So I'm not going to Japan to really enjoy the holiday. Because uh, if I do that, I would, I would do that, on, you know, on my own, on a private uh, uh, trip. Mm -hmm. I'm really going there as a, like a, a mercenary. Uh, I don't know if it's the correct word in English, but, but to well, really... 
you know, I really go there, have the fight, win the battle, take the plane, and then, and then I can relax. So I'm not going to stay uh, much longer. Uh, people, some, some people say, oh, it's a shame because Japan is fantastic and stuff. Obviously, it is a shame. Japan is fantastic, but this is not my, you know, my target in the games. I'm going there to perform with the team, and then I'm out of there, and then I need to be uh, recovering from that whole thing back, back home or back with the family or you know, with, with some other people. So that, that's, that's going to be nice. Okay, good to get your perspective there. So a little bit more about you, because I don't think we covered this in the in our first interview. We had lots of connection issues. Yes. So glad we've sorted it out today. But <laughs> so uh, these here's some questions that uh, actually Noel Donaldson uh, the other day found this very easy. Are you a coffee or a tea person? Tea. I'm a tea person because I've worked in England for long enough uh, to have the quality of tea and to know about, all about tea. So I'm a tea person. Yes. And other than tea, what's your favourite drink, Edouard? Well, as a Swiss, what do you think? It's Rivella. <laughs> for, the, for those who don't know... You have to you explain come, Rivella. Come, yeah, well, I don't, know, I don't know the word in English, but it's kind of, of made from the rest of the, of the cheese and then with some, um, you know, how do you say this? The curd kind and of the milk. way. Pardon? The curd and the way after yes. they've made the cheese, yeah. Yes. So that's the thing, and that's, that's a perfect drink. So ha whoever comes to Switzerland, try a, a Rivella, and, and you're going to, I'm sure, enjoy it. Yeah. And, and you must think, oh, my goodness, that tastes sour. It doesn't, actually. It's quite, yeah. it's quite refreshingly sweet, isn't it? Yes, yes. So you're a bit of a beast uh, in, the, in the weights room. <laughs> I, know, I still know that you're mighty strong. If you could only have one piece of exercise equipment, what would that be? I think it's a pull-up bar because um, all the rest you can do on the floor. Uh, so you can do a lot of things, you know, on the floor. And I think if you do, if you do single leg squat and some stuff just with the body weight, it's, it's, you, can, you can train yourself not to a top athlete, but you can stay in shape, I would say. Mm -hmm. And then just a bar, just to do some, some uh, you know, pull-ups and uh, just to do some hangs and just to work on the shoulders, on the arms. You can do everything with those. So I would say all the rest I can do on the floor. So if I have one piece of equipment, it would be a, a pull-up bar. And your favorite strength routine? Um, <laughs> probably a long cycling tour. So no, not, not with, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> which I answer with an endurance answer because I'm not a fan of strength at all. So, <laughs> uh -huh. but, but if you say my favorite strength routine, and if I, it's probably the front squat because it works the legs, works the core, you know, works the posture. Uh, yeah, front, 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 front squat is probably the best. Front squat or, or, or overhead squat, yes. And when you're dishing out your favorite workout to uh, the men's heavyweight team or the women's team, what is your favorite beasting session that you give them? On the water? Yeah. Well, it's, it's probably one from uh, uh, Ian, Ian Wright. I kept that one. He called it Dick Special. And then, you know, Dick, so we thought it was Dick Kong Special. But then I went to Dick once and I said, oh, is, is this session called Dick Special because you found it? And he said, he didn't seem to know what I was talking about. So I'm not, <laughs> so there's a bit, so I'm not sure. Uh, but it's called Dick Special. And basically you do, um, uh, it's, you have a full 250 at rate 44 and then the 500 rate uh, 38 and then the K at rate 36 and then the 2K at rate 34, all on a continuous. So, 
So you end up doing three and a half K flat out. And that's, that's quite a hard beasting session. Yeah. Only once so you repeat only that. I mean, I mean, the good, good guys, the Kiwi pair probably could do it twice. But uh, we're, we're training to be at that level of performance. So at the moment, we only did it once. Maybe next year, when we're really at it, we can do it twice. We'll see. But, there, but there's something, maybe if you can call Dick uh, Tonks about this and, and talk to him about that, or maybe Ian Wright, maybe they'll, they'll clarify from who it comes. I've got it from, from Ian, so i give you my source. And then yeah. I, don't know, I don't know who call it Dick Special, but it's, it's, we all know Dick Tonks, and he, we know he's, he's, a, he's a hard uh, guy, so that's probably why it's called Dick, Tonk, Dick Special. But uh, anyway, it's, it's, a hard it. it's, it's a good session. It gets you a good, good uh, beasting up, yeah. I heard he's got another one called the Tank Emptier, which lasts between an hour and 90 minutes. But I'll, I'll <laughs> Exactly. So you see, you've heard, <laughs> so you've heard all about that. Edward, is there any, any rowing gear or new rowing gear that you're currently looking at and would recommend to others? I'm not so good at that because I, I'd like to use what I know. Uh, and I've tried a few, a few things. Um, but nothing really convinced me uh, so far. And I'm, and I'm just very careful of, of trying new things, you know, out of a bit out of the blue. Uh, because if you try new things, you're ready to give it a good trial. And then, you know, when's, when's the time to give it a good trial? When's this and, and what do you compare it to? And then you need to, to have telemetry and then you have to have perfect water. Can you uh, um, replicate mm -hmm. performance on the water? Sometimes you have a bit of wind, a bit of that. So in the end, I just like to stick to what I know, uh, also with the gearing, with things like that, because I think there's also some other uh, elements of, of uh, performance that I can still, uh, you know, if I had the feeling everything was so perfect that only equipment was now the last, the last limiting factor, obviously I would attack that more. But at the moment I have, uh, I think it's, we haven't reached the, the limit of other factors. So I'd like to have all the other factors that are controllable, uh, controlled, so I can make sure I measure the right things on the factors I'm trying to work on. As if you try to change everything all the time, then you sometimes maybe it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but if it, if, it's, if it works, you don't know what worked because you don't know which factor changed. Um, so I'd like to, I'd like to, to keep it. So I've, I've nothing really uh, magic to recommend on that one. I know Concept2 have uh, brought these new blades. I'm certainly going to try them next winter a bit longer. Uh, okay. you know, these, these, uh, these new blades we've tried the Ian foil also a bit um, Randall foils you've tried the uh, yeah, random foils yeah, we've tried, tried a few bits but nothing's convinced me so I can say this is, this is the one to go for yeah but you've played around with the RP3 and the touch screen yeah. monitor yeah. that's yeah. something in training I guess that you yeah. we know you use alright training or racing which do you racing. prefer Racing boring as racing. A coach, as a coach, you must say that. Favorite race or regatta event? Uh, for example, me? or Heather Charles or Silver Skiff or Well, I would say my favorite is the Rotse, it's the World Cup at the Rotse. It's the home regatta. It's the best, you know, you gotta be honest. Whatever you are, yeah. you dream from the Rotse. You you're lucky enough that you rode on the Rotse. Yeah. Uh, and but even before when you were still in Australia, you heard about the Rotse, you know it's like a the, the guru, you know, it's, it's the place to be. So, yeah, it's the Mecca. So I'm, I'm going to stick with the Rotse and do a bit of advertising for this place. <laughs> you're, not, you're not the only one. Small boats or big boats, which do you like best and why? 
well, I'd like big boats, but the problem in Switzerland, we don't have in, enough people to create, a, a, you know, a, a competitive environment for an eight for us, for example. So I was really, really pleased we could qualify the four, uh, the heavy men's four, because it's for us a big boat, you know, uh, mm. for some other nation, it's easy to set up four, but for us, it's a big boat and, and I'm and a big, big boat fan because it's, you know, it's just the more people, the more, the more, the, the bigger the challenge because everybody ticks a bit differently and reacts and, and I think as a coach, it's, it's really nice to have a, a, a big boat to be, to be fiddling with and, and, and lots of character and to see what's the, in the end, what's the magical chemistry between the people to make the boat go fast. So sadly, we don't have an eight. Uh, we have a four. We, I have a very good uh, men's double, so I, I, I recognize that. But in my dreams, I would have a, an eight, something like that. But uh, in Switzerland, it's, it's hard to get to, get to because, with the, you know, the... The reservoir of uh, of really talented and really fast rowers is uh, is pretty limited. So we're doing with what we can. We're doing the best with what we have. Yes. So if we get more people in the pipeline for you, what advice would you give to a smart, driven young person wanting to make the national team? You're the the head of Swiss rowing, the the, the head coach. What advice would you give them? And what advice would you say that they should ignore? Uh, the advice I would give him uh, also come, I mean, one of my athletes got it tattooed on, on his body. So he really believed wow. it. But it's, but it's, it's the principle that more is more, you know, a lot of people think, ah, you can, you can, I don't know if it's only in Switzerland, but people seem to get a bit weak or something or a bit always trying to look at shortcuts to look at how can I do this with less? And I mean, that's not interesting. I mean, what is interesting is how can you do better than this with more? I mean, do more and, and, and you'll achieve more. So it's a bit, but I don't know. I don't know if it's only a Swiss thing. Maybe you can, you can have other listeners or other interviews, you know, ask their, their, what they think or how is it in their country. But here in Switzerland, we always say, okay, this is the performance I need to hit. How little can I do or what can I do to achieve it with as little um, you know, uh, training or with a, a little commitment as possible. And for me, it, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in more is more. So I would suggest to somebody that wants to get really good to say, okay, that's the training program I get. You know, can I do 2K per day more? Can I 5K or 10K? And what's possible? Obviously, everybody's got a limit. We always try to think in terms of, can I do more instead of, can I just pass the test doing less? You see what I mean? So that's, oh, that's totally. So it's it's a mindset of all in, yes. commit, and not try to discover a hack, a biohack, which is you know probably the trendy catchphrase at the moment to take shortcuts. There are no yes. shortcuts. There there are no shortcuts, and 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 basically, I'm I'm a bit uh, sometimes concerned because a lot of you know coaches teach that ah look he's done that but try to do the same with less or try to do the same with a slower erg or try to do the same. No, don't try to do the same with the slower erg. Try to beat the other guy with a quicker erg. You see what I mean? So, uh, so my advice to any rower is just try ignore everything that's trying to make you happy with the standard you have now. Fucking go for it. You know, just, just, just try, just try to get more, just try to yeah. get more done. You know, just be angry because it's easy to say, ah, it's commitment. It's mindset. It's, it's all sounds good. You know, it's politically correct. But, but there's the difference then on the moment 
who is ready to take the extra, you know, to really take the extra pain to go for more and who's happy there. And that's the difference between champions and, and normal people. So, yeah. Champions do extra. Yes. So, what, what should they ignore then? I mean, we, you've, you've been very clear in what they should do, but what yes. advice should they ignore? Is it, is it what you said before, Edouard, that they should avoid the, the people trying to get them to do the shortcut to find the hack? Or did you mean something else? What should they ignore? No, I think they really try to ignore people trying, you know, trying to find the hacks and, and trying to, in the end, slow them down a bit. You know, because there's always a bit of a thing. Uh, if you find a shortcut, it's because you're smart. But, and then there's always a bit the, the guy that does the extra thing, that does the extra mile, that does, or he does that because he's a bit stupid and he's, you know, he, he likes hard work. But in, in the end, this guy's going to go further than the guy taking the shortcut. And I, and I find it difficult because a lot of, I, I hear it in the clubs and that's what concerns me, you know. I hear it in the clubs and I hear it, ah, there is, there is another way, you know, there's another way doing less. There is another way doing difference, but less. There is another way just doing half of it. There is no other way doing half of it. If there was one, then everybody would do it because, you know, I mean, there is no. So everybody being a champion is ready to make the extra mile. And, and, and really my advice is to keep, keep that and ignore anyone else that's, that tells you, oh, come on, do less. It's possible with less or something like that. Because if you do that, you're on the wrong, you're on the wrong path. Yes. hundred percent. And I was reading an article on Training Peaks the other day where they correlated the volume yes. to uh, performance. And clearly the people that are, that are right up the pointy end are doing yes. huge volumes. Yes. There's no escaping it. You look at any of the people at Tour de France, the Olympic yes. swimmer, you look yes. at young Rodino, the, the Kona champion. I mean, he's doing 35 plus. You look at what Tua was doing, it was always 30 plus hours a week. So anyway, enough said. Don't take shortcuts. More is more. Yes. Uh, finally, my friend, I know you've, you've got a hard stop in a moment. Is there anything I haven't asked you that perhaps I should have or you want to, to mention to the audience? No, I want to mention to the audience that rowing is a beautiful sport and they shall... <laughs> and they, and they shall enjoy it. And, uh, and, uh, and I hope they could learn a few things. And if they remember these three hours, you know, from touch up just on these three hours from Gennady, you know, with the rhythm, the range and the relaxation. And that's I'll all. I'll put a link in, I think, to that video that you shared with me. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Really well. Uh, any, any, where can people find you should, and connect with you online? I'm afraid I'm not so much connected, but they can write to me. They can write to me to my email address if they, they wish to hear something else. Uh, it's Edouard, so it's, it's called in, written in French, edouard.blanc at swissrowing.ch. So any question, I'm happy to answer. If it's too many questions at the same time, I will take some time to answer. But I will answer every question uh, honestly and, and give, a, you know, give my honest thoughts about it and a proper answer if some people are, are interested to know a bit more on things we touched up. Mate, you're, you're super generous with, with that offer. I appreciate it. I'm going to put them in the show notes. Edward, thank yeah, you. Sure. Yeah, really no grateful for your time. I know that uh, you're a very busy man with everything that's going on with all the athletes, the under 23 competition that's running at the moment and getting ready for Tokyo. Uh, super grateful with your openness and willingness to share and, and be right to the point. You don't beat around the bush. You're, you're giving people the, the, what would we call it, the unfiltered facts. 
Uh, and I look forward to catching up with you again before you go to Tokyo. We might have to get your uh, your opinion on on some of the other boats that you, that you well, Switzerland haven't qualified, yes. and get your picks. For instance, the men's single and the and the and the big eight boat battle between Germany and 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 the Netherlands. But yes. until then, have a fantastic day, my friend, and keep positive. <laughs> Same to you. Ciao. Take, Take care. care. Ciao. Join me next time, where I'll be talking with one of the rowing world's most interesting people. And if you like this episode, you can subscribe so you never miss an episode in the future. Oh, and please, if you like it, leave us a five-star review. That really helps us out. You can find out more about our unique training system and courses by visiting whchambers.com.